Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing W-A-I-O in your Play Store. Jared, Hannah, and Selah Snyder answered a call, and he's going to talk about it. I'm not going to steal his thunder out of Isaiah 6. When the Lord says, hey, who will go? And you say, hey, I've got a wife and I've got a newborn, but send me. To me, that deserves the ultimate respect as believers as we support, pray for them, encourage them. So if you don't mind, as he comes up, can we stand up and give him a big round of applause just for committing his life to God's purposes? He told me to take my time, so I hope nobody's too hungry. It's good to be hungry when you're in the house of the Lord. He gives you more for some reason. So we've been, in, we've been uh, living in Peru for almost exactly one year now. Uh, we moved there in September of last year. And this is my wife, Hannah, and our almost two-year-old, Selah. <laughs> she's not that shy in Peru, but here she's going through culture shock. So, You want to say something? Yeah, um, I'd just like to thank everyone, you as the whole body of Christ, for supporting us and for praying for us, your prayers definitely make a difference so please continue to pray for us thank you thank you <laughs> it was easy for me to sell everything leave the family and go but for for her it was a little harder but i'm going to talk a little bit about that i want to start by showing some photos especially since matt just talked about project 58 um many of you may not know this but word of has been working in peru for almost 12 years now, um, and, and God's done a bunch, especially through Project 58. Um, a lot of the funding we get, especially for our outreaches, are from people who fast one meal a week and give the $5. So I'm going to show you some photos. Uh, this is our city of Huancayo. It's, uh, it sits at 11,000 feet elevation in the central Andes Mountains. It's hard to breathe there. Um, it's a population of 500,000 people. It's very commercialized in the city, but when you get on the outskirts and even five minutes out of the city, it's third world conditions. This is the, the, the building that the church used for, for 10 years, I believe. Um, they were meeting in this building, and as you can see, ran out of space. Um, and and people, more people were coming, so we had to make a change. And this next photo is our new building. Uh, we moved into it, I think, six months ago. Um, we, now we can house about 100 people. We can get 150 in there if we do it Peruvian style. Um, but it's going great. And there's a few more photos just of our services. Uh, it's growing weekly. There's more people coming. We have about 60 people come through every weekend and, and more every week. This is a photo of our youth services that we do on Saturday night. Um, they're hungry for the Lord, and we also have a lot of fun. So that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. This is from our kids' church. Um, they also have a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, it's growing, um, but it is, it's, it's where we focus most of our time and energy. This is an outreach for children that we did. Um, we do these about every two months. We do an outreach program for the children, and it helps our ministry grow. It also helps other churches' ministries grow. Um, this is a photo I love. It's, it's real cute, but if you knew their stories, you'd realize how amazing a photo like that is. Um, most of the, uh, well, I'll just say this, 
They say there's a 70% um, sexual abuse rate with children. I think it's more than that. From what we've encountered, it's more than that. But most of these children have had, been through family problems, sexual abuse, and things like that, but they love the Lord, and they're finding hope. Uh, this is our, the, the, the young woman in the middle is a Stephanie. She's our children's director, and she does such a good job that other churches have now invited us to come and help them develop children's programs. Um, this next photo is a, is a picture of one of those programs. Um, we, the first Sunday we went, we had a big event there, and then now we're working with their young people, their youth, to learn how to do the children's ministry, and it's growing every week. Um, anywhere we go, we feed people because they need it, especially the kids. A lot of them have food, but it's nothing nutritious. They need protein and things like that. Um, this is a Project 58 food distribution. Uh, ours are a little different than the ones they have here, but it's, it's an adventure every time. Um, this is us praying and getting ready to go out. This is one of the families um, that receives from us, and we made relations, good relationships with them. They come to some of our special events, and now they're attending the church there that, in their town that we're working with. This is a family... Uh, when we were giving out food, we were going door to door. This is a new area for us. Um, we talked to the people. The, the, the young boy there answered the door, and he said, no, we don't need anything. So we went to the next house and asked the lady, and she said, I don't need anything but the, the kids next door. She said their dad left, and their mom works in Lima, which is like eight hours away. And so they live there by themselves, and their mom sends them some money, but it's not enough. Um, so we're able to help them out and give them food, and they're... Their lives are being in, impacted by it. This is just a photo I took, and I thought it was, I think it's my favorite photo, so I put it up there. He has a career in modeling, if there's any uh, fashion designers in here that need a good model. Maybe, maybe Husky, but he's going to be a model <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, this is, when you get outside the city, in just a few minutes, this is normal living conditions. They don't have access. They have access to water, but it's not clean. Uh, we can't drink out of the tap, and it is different when you come here. I'm, now I'm brushing my teeth with tap water, and I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but, uh, but, but it is. It's, it's, it's part of what we do is Project 58 is um, help these people in any way we can. In 2007, you may not know this, World Alive started sponsoring kids to go to school. It is free to go to school in Peru, but they have to buy their own uniforms. As you can see, they have to buy shoes, and it has to stay clean. It has to stay new-looking. Um, a lot of them can't afford to do that. They also have to pay for transportation because most people there don't have cars. They have to pay for taxis or colectivos. And Word Alive, last time we counted, has sponsored just over 300 kids um, to help complete school. This is a, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, like, like Matt said, $5 a week, to us it's nothing. But to there, you know, you can pay for somebody to go to school and change Changed lives. Um, this boy on the left here, his name's Edu. This is a picture I took when we first visited in 2011. And this next, next picture, he's... That's not him. <laughs> Did we lose it? Well, I'll just tell you about Edu. The next picture is a, was a picture of him and me um, working at another school. Um, he's now uh, a young man. Um, he's fixing to be done with high school, and he's so smart that um, 
he goes around Peru and competes in educational competitions, and he's going to be able to go to college for free. And that's, that's something that, yeah, there he is. And he loves to pour back into young kids, but that's, that's Project 58 right there. Without, without Project 58's help, he would have a really hard time getting through school. Um, and his whole family's been changed by it. Uh, this is a, a Christmas party we did at a school we work at. All the schools are Catholic, but they're open to us coming. And we share the gospel and we give them supplies. And as you can see, sometimes gifts for Christmas. Many of them don't receive gifts, so that's just something fun to do. Um, that school, working with that school, opened up the door where the Board of Education was asking us if we had anybody who could help um, speak to teachers or work with teachers that train special needs or train teachers to work with special needs students. Um, so this here is our very own Valerie Wheat, which she's in the front row here, her and her husband, and, and uh, Shelly and Robin came down, and we did a, yeah. They took their vacation time, and God worked out some miracles, and she can tell you about that. You need to ask her because she's got a good testimony about the trip. But we had 207 teachers and social workers receive their certifications to work with special need children. They're going to go back in May, I believe. We're going to do another one, and we're going to try to continue it every year. And she's going to bring along students with her to, to, to let them be exposed to everything. And it's not, and we do at the, at the end of the conference, we tell them who we are, what we believe, and where we're located. And some of them have started coming to church from that. So this is a city of uh, Andamarca. It's about six hours from where we are. We're going to do a medical campaign. Um, June of next year. So if you're a doctor, we need doctors and dentists. If you're a dentist um, and you'd like to go to Peru and share, share the gifts that God's given you, please let me know after the service. This is the road to get there. Um, it's sketchier than it looks. <laughs> but uh, the blind curves are what's the worst about it. But we're trying to raise money while we're here for a four-wheel drive vehicle so we can get in and out. We're going to, the next picture shows an outreach that we did. We're going to start doing more of these. We're going to take them to the cities where they don't have churches, the small communities where the, the kids don't have money to get in, get to our city to be a part of these conferences. So we're going to take them to them. Um, but the church is doing incredible. Uh, I said first service, we've had, we've had times where we can't even get through the music and people start coming up like this morning, start coming up to just with hearts of repentance wanting to receive the Lord and, and getting healed and deliverance. Um, it's really been amazing, and God's just been so awesome to let us be, me and Hannah, be a part of it. Um, it's something I've always dreamed of. And, but I want to share a little bit of my testimony real quick. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, a good household. I got saved when I was seven years old. Um, was was seeking after the Lord, following the Lord. When I was about 12 years old, um, the, the church I was a part of, we went to visit another church, and the preacher that was preaching um, called me out in the back of the room and said, you're going to be a preacher to the nations when I was 12 years old. And so I was excited about that. Um, he said some other things, but I fell out, and I don't remember none of it, but that's, <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. You know, so I, I, I was going on with my life, staying in church when I got 16, unfortunately, like a lot of us do when we get cars and a little bit of freedom. We start trying to do our own thing, and it, it led me astray for a while. But um, one night I was in a bar in town, and uh, one, of, one of the guys I grew up with was there that had, had been at that church that night when the pastor called me out, and he came up to me, probably drunk, I don't know, but he said, um, 
He said, hey, Jared, he said, you remember when that, that preacher called you out and said you was going to be a, a pastor to the nations? I said, yeah. He said, he didn't know what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> and it's kind of funny now, but as soon as he said that, something clicked inside of me, and God reminded me of the promises that he made to me. And ever since then, I started thinking more about maybe, you know, maybe I should get back to church, and my parents were inviting me. And finally, um, they said, come to church with us this weekend. I said, okay, so I came, and the first time I came was almost exactly 10 years ago when Neville Johnson and Sadhu were here that weekend, that conference. Um, they were prophesying over the church. They, they had us commit and say yes to the vision, um, not only for the church, but for our personal destinies, and I didn't really know at the time what all that meant, what all that would look like, but I, I said yes because they were talking about how this is a church that gives and I knew that's what I read in the Bible when I was a kid. The church gives. At that time, there wasn't a lot of churches around here giving. But now there are. There are churches reaching out. And this church played a, a major, major role in that. Um, so I met Hannah. Uh, we continued on going after the Lord. Um, one Sunday, Pastor Ken asked me. He said, why don't you go to Peru this year? I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so we took a trip in 2011. We went to Peru. Um, we were supposed to have a team with us, but it kind of fell apart. But me and Hannah went by ourselves. And I didn't speak a, speak a lick of Spanish. And it was challenging, but it, God worked it out amazingly. We became great friends and family with the people there. Um, we got back, and I was ready to sell everything. Well, we didn't have anything at that time. but I, <laughs> I, was, ready, I was ready to work real hard and go. <laughs> but uh, she said on the trip, she told me, she said, I can't do this. Um, I'm not going to be able to do missions. And I kind of just, you know, okay, it's just because we're here. It's because you have culture shock. And so we got back, and I didn't mention it for a long time. Slowly started mentioning it, but she still said, no, uh, I don't want to do that. So when you're a team, you work together. I had to listen to her, which I'm glad I did now. And we found out that she was pregnant. And about two months later, she came to me, and she said, honey, I think, you know, I think we need to start looking at doing missions work. And so I was happy that the Lord delivered her. Uh, <laughs> but at that time, I was, I was kind of bitter about the whole thing because I felt like, you know, I knew God, that's what God wanted me to do, but I wasn't moving in it. I didn't feel like I could. But the God, God really changed her heart. She caused it a miracle. Um, and it really was. And if, if I would have listened to her in 2011, we would have moved down there. It would have been really bad because I wasn't prepared to do what we do now. We see some crazy stuff, and I, it, it, I wouldn't have been ready for that. Um, so we went, and we talked to Pastor Kent and Pastor Matt, and they sent us, and we've been down there for a year now, and God's doing just incredible things I would have never thought or imagined. That's in the Bible, by the way. It really does happen. Um, but the, my story reminds me of Jeremiah because God spoke to me when I was 12 years old and told me, what plans he had for me. And he did the same thing in Jeremiah. We're going to read Jeremiah 1.5. It says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God told Jeremiah that before he was even formed, that means like before his mom was even pregnant, which to me, that's another mind-blowing thing. I can't, I can't picture me before I was even created. But God had plans for me even before I was formed, and God had plans for Jeremiah and has plans for every one of us in this room. But Jeremiah responded the same exact way I did. Let's read it. 
He said, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. And I had a lot of conversations like this with God when we talked about going into missions, and especially when it started getting closer and closer. I, things like, um, God, I don't know if you really remember, but um, I didn't really pay attention in Spanish class in high school. Um, I think I did pass it. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I didn't finish high school. I'm completely uneducated, but I'm working on my honorary doctorate. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Patty, if you have any friends that can hook me up. <laughs> but we all have excuses, don't we? You know, I, I said, Lord, I don't have any money. Um, I can't speak Spanish. But my main excuse was, in my head, I thought, Lord, I'm just a painter. I'm just a painter who works in a manufacturing plant. And I know all of us in here have different occupations. I'm a missionary right now. There's pastors in here. There's, there's plumbers. There's doctors. There's stay-at-home moms. And that may be exactly what God's had his plan for your life. You may be exactly in the middle of God's plan. But... That doesn't mean that's your purpose. There's a difference in, to me, there's a difference in plan and purpose. God has different plans for each and every one of us that's special and unique that we were created to fulfill. We're all different parts of this body working together. But our purpose is exactly the same. Our purpose, as we read in the great, we all know the Great Commission, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. That's our purpose. Here at Word Alive, we use the phrase, make Jesus famous. And I can't think of some, anything I would rather do with my life than make Jesus famous. But what's cool about that is, right now I'm in Peru and I'm making Jesus famous. But before I was in Peru, God revealed this to me. And when I was working in the manufacturing plant, every day, I'd wake up early and prepare myself. I'd seek the Lord I'd say, Lord, uh, I want to be a witness to somebody today. And he did. He answered my prayers. I would go into work and be able to pray for people. We saw people healed in my department at work, which is when you have 20 guys working together and somebody gets healed, that's a big deal. It changes things. And um, I saw guys come in that were bound with addiction, and now they're free. Um, just amazing things. But I'm saying that to say, no matter where you're at in your life, you may not feel like you're in God's final plan that he has for you. Like I know now, God's old plan was for me to work in this manufacturing plant because I learned so much to prepare me for the plan that he has for me now, that I'm a missionary. But my purpose has always been the same. And you can be a plumber, and every house you go into to work, you can share the gospel with people. You can work in an office, and every desk around you, that's your mission field. Um, we can't forget about where we're at every day. I can't be in uh, Peru sharing the gospel and be in Aniston and sharing the gospel at the same time. So we need people here that are willing to go and share the gospel in town. And it's easier that way, I promise you. <laughs> but let's go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah had excuses. I think God knew he was going to have excuses because this is what he said. He said, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. He said must, by the way. It's not really an option. If you say yes, you must go. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And that's reassuring to me, because I still have fears daily. We go into parts of Peru now that are dangerous. They're called the Red Zone. It's where cocaine is produced, and there are terrorists, active terrorist groups that do not like us being there, and we've had conversations with them. And 
that's scary. So I do leave Hannah at home, by the way, for those. I have another missionary friend. We usually go together. But that's, that's scary. Those roads, those roads are scary. We've had some close calls on them. But this is my promise that God's with me. God's going to protect me. Maybe one day I'll die in the mission field. I don't know. But am I really dying? No, he's got me. I may, I may, I may go off a cliff, but to, to die is to gain, and that's, that's true. Um, the next part is, to me, what was really interesting. I've never noticed this in this, in this part of Jeremiah until I was reading it and studying for this, and it kind of changed the point of my message. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. I thought this was really cool because God told Jeremiah, like he told me when I was 12 years old, what his plans were for my life. He told me I would go preach in the nations. He told Jeremiah he would be a prophet to the nations. But God says here that there was also a day of appointment. And I believe that my day of appointment was two, two, two times when the preacher told me what God's plans were. But when Hannah came to me and said, I think it's time for us to do missions, I knew that it was a miracle because she really didn't want to. Now she loves it. I'm not forcing her to do anything she doesn't want to. But to me, that was a definite confirmation from the Lord, and that was my day of appointment that it's time to move. Um, and I know many of us here have dreams and we feel like God has bigger plans for us than where we're at. But we're waiting on our day of appointment. And the Lord spoke to me when I was preparing this and said, for many people here, today's going to be a day of appointment. But today's a day where we can, can give another yes. We can recommit our lives to what the Lord has planned for us. Uh, Davey, if you guys could come up. We're going to sing a song together. Um, and this is a song that I start most of my days off with when I'm showering because it just... It keeps me knowing God's sending me, God's sending me. Because, yeah, I'm in Peru, and I'm there, you know, doing it. I'm a missionary. But it's a daily choice that I step out further and further. Um, I want to say this. Uh, David, I believe it's um, a new part of your story. <laughs> I didn't know most of it. Me, me and Joe was talking about it um, in between services. And you guys moved here with your family, right? Sold everything you had and moved here to be a part of the church. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I should have done too. But, <laughs> no, but, when, but when you was down here earlier praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, you thought you was coming for plans for yourself, which you are, but what you really came for is plans for your son that was up here with you. And God's really got plans for him, and this is the place you need to be to cultivate that and to grow that. And when I was praying for him earlier, I could feel it, and he's, he's got a call in his life. So. But, that, but that's a perfect example of what happens when you say yes. You may not know why you're saying yes. You may not, you definitely won't feel comfortable saying yes. It's not easy to say yes. It wasn't easy for us to sell everything we had and, and leave our family and, and give up my, my, my firstborn, my dog. He was, he was my best man in my wedding and everything, and I had to leave him here. Uh, he really was, by the way, but it's not easy and it's not comfortable and, and like I said I still have fears but every day I have to say yes and we're going to sing this song together and I want to if you feel like the Lord's touched your heart if you feel like the Lord's um, telling you to be bold to start stepping out at work to start stepping out at, at Walmart or wherever if you feel like the Lord has called you into missions 
and you feel like you're getting close to that time, come forward today as a, as a prophetic act. Let's come forward to the front and let's sing this song together and just give another yes to the Lord and let's see what he does with it today. So if you would, just come forward if you feel like the Lord's touched you and Davey's going to lead us in this song. today who who will go who will go for me Give them our yes this morning.
tell another story real quick. I didn't tell this during first service, but the Lord reminded me of it in between services. When Valerie and, and Joe and the, the team came, it opened up a door for us to work with the, the city of Wankayo. They have a department that works with special needs um, people. Uh, people with special abilities is what we're calling it now. We're not saying disabilities anymore. But they called us a few months ago because this, they saw the way our youth the fire of the eye, like I just said, we have fire in our lives, we, we go with love. They saw that in our youth and they called and asked if we had somebody who could come and speak at their yearly conference for disabled people and speak um, speak on self-esteem. And we have a young girl, she's, she's a Peruvian girl. She's in law school for full time. She's almost, she's about to be a lawyer. Um, she works at her mother's restaurant full time as well. Um, but she also spends like 20 or 30, sometimes more hours a week preparing. She's the children's leader, preparing for the kids, preparing for the services. But, but we, we said she could go and speak. So she goes and speaks uh, this past Wednesday. This is Project 58 event, by the way, this past Wednesday. And she goes and she speaks. And her, her theme was, there is no real disability except for fear. That's what she's telling them. See, she's a missionary. She's very, very, very busy in her life. And sometimes we feel sorry for her to ask her to do stuff because she's so busy. But she's so willing. She's so, she's, she's so willing to say yes right where she's at. She doesn't have to be sent to another country. She's working with people she knows in her community. But she's changing lives. And that's what God's called us to do today. Some of us, yes, we're called to other nations, but the majority of us are called to stay here, to work with people that we're with every day, to, to make a lot of money and give because it does take money to do these things. You know, we all have our different plans, but our purpose is the same. So let's just sing that one more time and let's just say yes one more time. Send me, Lord. Here I am.
Father God, I just thank you today, Lord God, that you, you're putting a, the next step in front of us, Father God, you're making it clear, Lord. Father, I thank you that you do have plans for every one of us, Lord God, plans that are greater than what we can imagine, Father God. Lord, I ask that even the people who, who don't think they're they're worthy of what you call them, Lord, that this morning you will give them a boldness to say yes, Father God, that they don't have to be prepared or qualified, Lord God, that that's your job. Help them to trust in you, Lord God. Just help them to say yes to your plans, Father God. Lord, I thank you for this church, Lord. Father God, I thank you that, that giving is woven in the DNA of this church, Lord God. I thank you that sending is woven in the DNA of this church, Lord. I thank you that this church is carrying out the Great Commission, Father God. I just ask that you bless this church, Lord God. Bless Pastor Kent, Miss Bev, and the other leaders here, Lord God. I just ask that you pour out a fresh anointing, a fresh boldness. Father God, I thank you for provision that will come in, Lord God, so that we can expand what we do in Project 58, Lord God. We know it's your will, Lord God. We know it's your calling for us, Father God. And we thank you for what you're going to continue to do with it. The new ideas, the new projects that are going to happen this year, Lord God, this following year. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.